haven't seen that. Did you see the IGTV? What? Yeah, I watched it with Walsh, and he was like, "Why did I put on that porno voice?" And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, no one's really called it like that. And I think you have there's something there's something going on there. He was like, yeah, I just you know, it's very sexy. another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We've got the original three siblings here today, and I am, in fact, in Berkeley with Becky. It's great to be here. Don't bother asking me how I am, because I'm great. Lily, how are you doing in Spain? Um, I've managed to have, like... Um, a shit week in Spain. <laughs> That's all I'm like. I'm just gonna say it. Like you think Spain but, is perfect and it's so español and there's like siestas and like vino. What? It's a little bit like it's the medieval times out there. Like, I mean, it, it can be. Um, but it's yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to be when you get the mumps. <laughs> Which apparently is like a corpsman, you know, only a corpsman can do that because they don't even test for it in the hospital anymore because it's erratic, like it doesn't exist anymore. The, the they have to like time... send out the test because nobody gets it. And every single person I came in contact in like the medical field about it was like, but nobody gets that anymore. How did the, you do that? The only time <laughs> I've ever seen the mumps in reality or pop culture was in the Mr. Ed gets the mumps episode of the TV show, Mr. Ed, which I'd like to know as your brother, when you were suffering with the mumps and I sent you the link to that. Did video, not open it. You did not open it. No, because I felt like one mumps. Back? Is it officially the mumps? Did you get like. Um, no, I'm actually picking them up tomorrow because it takes so long to get the test results. You've like gotten over the months All by right, the time. Suspense on next week's episode. Will it, will it, tell you. it was definitely the mumps, though. The Every mumps. single doctor I saw was like, yeah, that's what that is. Um, your face looks like somebody like fat bastard you. <laughs> so it's like, oh like that app. It's like that... you went to bed and somebody like hair and makeup came in from Austin Powers, <laughs> did your face. I will say this, like Shy, I feel like you'll appreciate this, maybe more than Becky. But like the night, the day before I got the mumps, I didn't eat very much. Oh, sorry about that. I didn't, um, I, I wasn't eating, like I just didn't eat very much that day. I was like, we were busy, whatever. So at night, by the time we got home, I was so hungry from the whole day on Sunday, it was last Sunday, that I was just exhausted. And Jose's like, you want to just like do some frozen pizza for dinner? I was like, do it. Like, I'm just done. And we watched the, the fight. This is after the podcast. We, we recorded and then we watched the fight. And I polished off uh, almost a whole frozen pizza by myself. I was so hungry. I gave him a piece of mine. But then I, and then we went to bed. I didn't sleep great. And I woke up and my face was so swollen. And I go and like brushing my teeth in the morning. And I was like, oh, my God, get a hold of yourself. Like, how could you get so fat overnight over one pizza? I was just like. Oh my God! Look at your face. You Maybe need to ring it. I and have had the mumps for a couple. The mumps. <laughs> I was like, Lord, you're losing your jawline completely. 
<laughs> I texted Becky and I was like, I think I may have clenched my jaw last night yeah, a lot. Like, I think I'm swollen or... from clenching my jaw too hard. <laughs> or I ate a whole pizza and I went straight to my face. <laughs> And then by midday, my face was so swollen, I couldn't open my mouth. So I had to go to the ER. Anyways. Well, well we can just leave it there. Anyone... A week later, I can laugh about that. If anyone was going to get the mumps, it's it was me. It's me. Now, Becky, and... how are you doing? I am currently serving lunch while podcasting. <laughs> I'm, I'm left boob lunch. Le- left left so boob lunch. I, I flew in yesterday morning to visit Becky. I was going to say, wait, Shai, if my week was epically bad, you have had an epically good week. <laughs> oh, like, I've had the best week. We have to maintain balance the universe, force. <laughs> right. The, the Corman <laughs> force has been balanced. So it makes me so happy that as a shit we time living, I've had you. We better... were all living vicariously through Shai. So yes. just working backwards, the first step in my week, I flew in to San Francisco yesterday to SFO Airport. And I am visiting Becky for the weekend. And tonight, as we're taping this, we are going to see the great Janet Varney live performing so the Voyage to the Stars podcast with Colton Dunn and Felicia Day and the rest of the crew um, and hopefully we'll get a chance to say hi to her and I came in and I landed to see Becky and I'm just super relaxed I watched two movies on the plane feeling great I hop into a cab and I text Becky my plane arrived early by the way so I'm like half hour early text Becky I'm on my way in a cab becky texts back wait a minute are you actually in a cab like a taxi that's going to be really expensive and i'm like yeah whatever it'll be fine and i look forward i've been on the road for no longer than five minutes and it's already up to 24 dollars and every minute it goes up three dollars and this is a 30 minute wow. drive yeah and so i, I think start, you were supposed to uber or lyft I, I was supposed to uber or lyft so thinking quickly it cost you a, pl- a plane ticket oh my god you told him to let you out <laughs> I told him okay, I said him at Fine, the nearest yeah. McDonald's. I said I said Sir, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna throw up in your car. You need to pull off and get me to a gas station as soon as possible. Because I needed to motivate him to because he's making is, more than three dollars a minute. He's making is, so he's debating should I just me. give this man a plastic bag well, and keep driving he, or he, should I really stop at a gas station he for because he's the only man in San Francisco to get into a cab at an airport. <laughs> Everybody else knows but Chai. <laughs> and he gave me a a water bottle, like a plastic water bottle that had been cut in half that is his like puke bottle for people in the car. And it was like it was like in Wayne's world if you're going to spew spew in this. You spew in this. So he gives it to me and I said, "No, I'm sorry." And, and so he drives me to a gas station. He goes, "You want me to wait for you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I bet you want me to wait for you." Le- and leave the meter running. running. I said, "No, it must be the air pressure. I need to just wait and get a coffee. You go you go do your thing. Go back to the airport." So I stopped at like $30 and then I ordered myself an Uber to the gas station. So, and then it was a more reasonable price. And it's so, hilarious. So that is how I got to Becky by faking sick. Um, and then we're going to talk about the rest of my week because I got to go to Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars theme park. Thanks at, at Disney World. Thanks to my amazing wife, Allie, who for my 40th birthday took me on the most incredible and dream trip. Important to mention you did this without children. Without children. Do not bring this your children. This was a hardcore hitting the pavement 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. You know, start time adult style Disney. And before we get Not into that, faint of heart. I just want to play a quick game 
Um, oh, like like an appetizer. An appetizer. It's 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 it, it takes place in space, but not the land of Star Wars. The amazing people at Stazar, S T A Z R, Doctor Anai Ayer. Ayarovu and Karina De Gregorio, who were guests on the podcast during Gamer Comic Expo, are uh, they were they, they, we were always looking for a way we could collaborate with them. They're amazing, creative people, and they came up with the idea of sending us some of the character descriptions from their book series that they're writing, and we could play a little castaway. So before we get to the Galaxy's Edge, I want to do this really quickly and just to give everyone a summary about uh stazar it's character driven it's very immersive it has a whole multimedia component if you study them on if you if you follow them on instagram they're always doing these amazing creative visual things and their first book the world of z the dawn of a Theer, the description is when a young man called uh lael or lael i don't know how to pronounce it discovers he is the chosen one he must resist the temptations of the worthless lands, gruesomely activate the subjects of the tree bard, and revive the monstrous gatekeeper to save his people from a failing hierarchy. With that in mind, I'm going to just read the description of this main character, Lael, and I am going to ask you guys to cast Mr. Lael. He is about six feet tall and lean, bushy eyebrows and small, deep-set green eyes with a thoughtful expression for the most part, although recently more and more surprised. His upper lip protrudes slightly above his lower lip, giving him the appearance of a pout or being offended, while, uh, although neither relate to his actual mood. He has an average nose with a small hump, short dark hair that ends where his ears begins, and... Um, uh, and I think that's where, that's the general, uh, I, mean, I would say his ears, oh, the way he starts with his ears are neat and normal and do not protrude too much. So he's tall and lean with bushy eyebrows and green eyes. And he's a chosen one. So how would you cast this but character? Wait, there's the no list? real specific age description, is there? No, I didn't go with age description. I just went with an actor who I thought would go well. I have mine in mind. I don't know if you have one. I thought of Hugh Laurie. Ooh, that's a really House. good one. Hugh yeah, I feel like he can be his chosen one. He's so good. He'd be an interesting chosen one. And if age isn't specific to the thing, he's definitely tall and lean and looks looks kind of forbissina, but he's not really. It's just the right. way he looks. Mm -hmm. I went with Adrian Brody because I... He's I very tall. I was thinking of big black eyebrows. He's very tall. I think if you think of young Adrian Brody in particular, like Liberty Heights era Adrian Brody, he could make a good chosen one. And how about you, Beck? Agreed. Oh, um, I think I latched onto the tall and lean part, and I'm thinking like a, like a Michael Fassbender. Sort oh of. wow, you went very Ooh. handsome. Okay, oh, I mean, he's very chosen. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, if I could that cast anyone. The point, I mean, isn't that not the point of this? He's my chosen one. And he looks so. serious all the time, but I bet he's wild at parties. Yeah. So okay. All right. Very good so that is our first character description. We'll be bringing these back uh, in a collaboration with the folks at Stazar. Check them out at stazar.com. They are. Can you spell uh, that? S T A Z R. dot com. So like stars, the TV channel, but not because the Z comes before the R. All right. Flipping the Z. Now we are transporting to a world in Orlando, Florida in the reaches of Disney's Hollywood Studios. 
a land that immerses you in the world of Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge. I got to go. We spent like one and a half full days there before we went to Universal for a couple of days, which is a lot of fun. Um, as a, are you going to start with your general? No, no, just okay. go, go. Okay, go. so I was thinking as, as a quick, like, you know, bird's eye view of the experience, give us your buy rent mevi of the whole experience. Oh, so it's a buy overall. But different aspects have different right. elements to it, and I'm happy to provide a guide as we go through. So, for example... No, I meant, like, of the whole experience. The whole experience? Which would be, like, your buy moment, your rent oh, okay. moment, and your memo. So, my buy That's moment, a better way to do it, but I do think, Shell, you'd be doing a service to people if, like, you wrote a blog post for our website for Friday Night Movie podcast will you, of... Will you copy edit it? I will copy edit it. Chicken salad. But, like... Yeah, at, at Docking Bay 7. <laughs> but, uh, like, of, of exactly of, like, your do's and don'ts, your recommendations, you're like, ah, skip the line. Because I think people, you know, would appreciate that. So my buy was 100% getting to go to Savi's workshop and building a lightsaber. And when I say building a lightsaber, this is like a full-on metal prop where you got to pick your style. I picked the Peace and Justice style. And then within that, you get a whole bunch of different options. And then that was a hard one to guess. You picked your own kyber crystal. I picked green in in keeping with Return of the Jedi Luke, Yoda, Ahsoka Tano, Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, And it was just immersive. The actress who played the... Uh, who played the workshop um, the workshop leader, I guess. She delivered everything with beautiful reverence, and they had the Star Wars music playing, and it, and it changed at all the right moments. You got a message from Yoda at one point as you're about to light your lightsaber, which I thought was very cool since I picked a green one. And uh, it was just... Was there a line to get in? You had to pre-organize in advance. You had to reserve this, because only about 20 people go at a time, and it's about 15, 20 minutes. And it was a truly, like, amazing, beautiful experience where you, it was the most I felt in the Star Wars world in my entire life. And I would say there are parts as I get through the, as I, as I further buy rent man the experience, there are parts where maybe I was taken out of it, but this one was 100% amazing. I know Brian Stever over at Take Two did it as well. He said it was incredible uh, as well before I went in. It doesn't disappoint. If you go to Galaxy's Edge, I know it costs a lot of money to get there. It costs a lot of money to do this, but the actual physical prop you get is very, very high quality. It is not the random thing you can buy in a regular store. And the experience truly is amazing. And I think to go all the way to Galaxy's Edge and not do the lightsaber or not at least go with someone who's doing the lightsaber, like Allie didn't buy one, but she got to just join me as a guest for no extra cost. You really, really, really should do it. That was the, that is the best thing they have going there, and they need more stuff like that. So that's a buy, and boy, did we ever buy it because it was expensive. My can I add? There's the the it doesn't retract though. It doesn't like pop out. It's a out. full on glass neon bulb. Okay, so it's always out, and you just it like lights I, up as if I it's think, popping out. I think you can unscrew it so that you can hold the hilt uh, uh, as like an art piece, and you can keep the the neon bulb separate. But I didn't want to mess around with unscrewing it when I was. When we it's were... just that when it lights up, it lights up gradually, so it looks like it's popping out. Yeah, and if you go on my it's Instagram, very cool. you can see it. It, it not only has the sound effects. It's it's and it's, oh, and it's awesome. it has real weight to it. It really feels like you if you would always imagine what a lightsaber would be. When you wield it, it makes you giggle. Yes, it does. <laughs> if the video of me trying where I put the Star Wars music over it, maybe I should put that on IGTV too. Um, that video, I I could have tried to look cool like a Jedi, but I'm mostly giggling like a little child because I was so happy holding this thing. 
Although Becky did say I was a little bit cavalier and with something. With like <laughs> one-handed swirls and twirls of it. Jose, who like knows how to use like samurai, like a samurai sword or like a bow, just kept looking at the video. I was like, I could teach him how to use it. And oh, I was he, like, Oh, he didn't think I did a well, good job. Well, well, you did a great job for somebody like, I think who sees the movie, but he he knows how to use like nunchucks and like a bow and like use it kind of oh. I guess they're imitating samurai and he's like I could like actually show him how to use well, it and he, I was like he I go. think he thinks he knows how to use it so just leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. But using um, <laughs> he's not actually so, using a battle, but but wait, I have a question. Did you like do you bring it everywhere with you? Did you bring it to visit Becky? No, Did you, like, no, put it no. in your it's, pocket it's, and travel. It's so delicate. So we were really lucky and I advise people to do this. We did our our lightsaber workshop at night on the first night that we got there. So it was the last thing that we did. So A, we got to walk around in the dark with the amazing lightsaber going, which was so cool. And B, we did not have to carry this like multiple hundred dollar glass and metal art piece <laughs> around the amusement park with us and so we were able to bring it back to the hotel um we were able to bring it back to the hotel and um uh, we were able to bring it back to the hotel and uh but then traveling home was a because i was hoping you brought it to becky's no, I didn't bring, bring it to Becky's because... And to work. The next day, I was like, did you bring it to work? And you're like, no, you don't understand. You can't. It doesn't travel well. It doesn't. I mean, maybe it travels well. You get a very nice foam case with it and stuff. But so we had to bring it home on the plane, and I was very anxious about bringing it home on the plane. Like, and I, sure. And so we get to the gate. Now, I have brought it. I bring it through security. Of course, I ask Allie. I said, do you think people think this is a weapon? And she's like, I think people think this is a light bulb. And I think they see these all the time. <laughs> and right, so, and different people at security stopped me and said, oh, what color did you get? What style did you get? So I think I'm like, all right. Everybody's adorable. We get to the plane and as i'm getting on out this thing is very long it's as long as you'd see an extended one-handled lightsaber so i'm getting nervous where am i going to put it on the plane and so ali says oh they have a place for delicate things and i'm thinking i've never seen that so i'm pretty sure that's why musicians have such issues with their instruments because they don't have a place for delicate things they make them check them so i get on the plane and i ask the first flight attendant i see what i should do and she says look just keep it like in, sort of in between your legs uh, until all of the overheads are full and then just slide it on the outer area of an overhead so that the length of it can fit across one of the long overheads. Right. Well, my seat was nowhere near any of the long overheads and by the time they filled up, they were totally full and there was no way this thing was... They were just like filled with lightsabers. No. Everybody coming back from <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy. Suitcase. No, I was the only one on the plane with one of these. And so we're about to take off, and I have it still between my legs, and I'm like, oh, cool, they must have a lightsaber exception for flying to and from Orlando because nobody's bothered me. The other flight attendant for my section comes over and says, sir, you need to, you need to go put that away. And I said, I, I can't put it away. I followed your instructions, not her instructions, but somebody else's. There's no room in the overhead. I can't put it in the overhead. And she said, well, FAA regulations, you can't keep it in between your legs we need you to can't put have a, a futuristic sci-fi weapon on you on the that's plane. made out of glass and metal and so, so then, the issue was the size the issue was not that it looks like a weapon no to be it was clear. not the weapon it was and so they, okay. they didn't know what it was yet at this point so then i tried to lay it down on the floor by my feet but it went from one end of the row all the way of two course. people over to the other guy and so and so yeah. i was like look i can just put it down here they're like well if you have to escape then it's going to trip this guy and i said 
We have to escape, but like yeah, his lightsaber is not his biggest problem. It's not our biggest problem, <laughs> and and so they take it from me and they and they stuff it behind another row of seats behind the exit row, so where there's like extra room, and and I'm and 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 then they said to me, "Is this okay?" I'm said, "I said, look, if this is the rules, that's the rules. But if you break it, you're going back to." Hollywood Studios <laughs> to go get this thing. <laughs> and then they were like, they were very much like one step away from saying, sir, don't make a scene. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, they love to pull that out. I, 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 and I'm saying, and now it's getting like a little bit animated and the people around us are watching. And now I haven't explained to anyone what it now is like yet. It's like someone's filming it's on Facebook. So I'm, I'm saying it, like it's very Marshall's involved. It's very Wars delicate. Man. They're like, sir, we put it right here. Look, the last your, Jedi per, per, refuses to give up <laughs> Saber. Ryan Johnson just, maniac, anti-Ryan Johnson maniac, <laughs> fake scene on plane. So <laughs> it's on the so it's on the ground in front of me. They they pointed out to me. They're like, sir, you can see it. Like they're kind of like annoyed at me. They're like, <laughs> it's well, not your child. Yeah. So I'm I'm nervous about it, but I say, okay, like I'm not gonna break the rules. So the plane takes off. And then to her credit, she came back around and she says to me, sir, it's doing. Fun. Sir, you want to visit it? <laughs> she said, you know, now that the plane's in the air, you can put it in your lap. And I said, well, I'm not sure now if I want to make, you know, because I was embarrassed at this point. She goes, well, what is it? And I was like, and I, out of the corner of my mouth, I'm just like, it's a lightsaber. <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm like, it's a very expensive have- lightsaber that I went to go and build at Disney World. <laughs> she is... And so she's just like, whatever. But now everybody knows. Oh, lightsaber guy. At it again. But how is this the first time that this has happened? What do other people do? They check it? They can't check it. You can't check it. It would break. So they give, bring it back to me. I leave it in between my knees, and I carried it for the rest of the flight. And they didn't, by the way, bother me for the landing. Landing? Yeah, they didn't Get bother out. me for the landing. Amazing. I think they were just like, we've had enough with this guy with his lightsaber. We don't have the energy to argue with him again. So that is, that is how I was. I wouldn't say I was nearly kicked off the plane because of that but Allie had to sit in another row because of when we bought our tickets and she told me she was extremely grateful she slept she slept through that because she was would have been very embarrassed mortified i feel like i need some like galaxy edge goss okay like, so the gossip okay so here's some of the things number one the biggest new ride is the rise of the resistance which i but like I'm, that just oh came just out right like and just opened it is amazing they did the whole thing i saw it on at disneyland in la about it opening and they had a ray come like some girls like look like uh daisy ridley they have a hologram daisy ridley talk to you during this ride it's amazing this isn't like in the 90s when they could only license some of the characters all of the main actors are on this ride like in 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 terms of videos of them you have daisy ridley oscar isaac there's an anna uh john boyega it's probably part of the contract i guess and then you have like a giant animatronic admiral akbar not admiral akbar he's a mon calamari guy because admiral akbar is dead at this point but you get my point and Mm -hmm. he's like talking to you and giving you instructions even though he's a robot there's there's a robot kylo ren that at one point during the ride jumps onto the roof of your ship and shoots his lightsaber through the ceiling of it as if he's like cutting through attacking you yeah so i don't want to give away all the aspects of the ride but this was what they move you from place to place at one point you walk into a huge hangar that has like a giant real tie fighter and a and rows and rows of stormtroopers so does it, it it does the like whole while you're waiting in line is interesting it's, like remember one we did it, tower of it, terror and it was waiting, so fast no, like I until you that horrifying experience so <laughs> the waiting in line is you're waiting in a rebel cave and that's about it but once you're in the ride 
the, the part of the ride is in a ride and part of it is walking places where you're being like terrorized and interrogated by imperial troopers so it's like part not haunted house but it's like part act, experience. interactive experience and part mm -hmm. like walking through sets that are unbelievable and then part of it is like an actual ride where you're like escaping through the star destroyer and like driving by the gun turrets and stuff well the thing with this ride is that while it is amazing they clearly haven't worked out all the kinks with the robots because Allie and i had to get up at five th we got to the park at 5 30 in the morning with thousands of people thousands of people and it's seven Whoa, and you were but waiting at 5.30 in the morning? 5.30 in the morning, and at 7, they open up the online app that allows you to get into a boarding group, which then allows you to line up later for the ride. Well, that was fine. We got but a good... Why do you need to be at the park at 5.30? Because the, the way the app works, you can't log into a boarding group unless your app has been synced with your wristband, which has said that you have officially entered the park. Holy jeez. Yeah, wow. so no one can get in. How did you know physical. about all of this? Well, looked we looked online? it up, but also Craig from Take Two Podcast, he gave me a lot of Shout great instructions. Out. Shout out City. to Craig. <laughs> and Allie had a friend as well. And we got into a relatively good boarding group. Like, we got to number 20. We got into number 20, and apparently if you're in the 40s or 50s, you're almost guaranteed to go. But you could get there and get into group 80 and not go. Well... Then the ride broke for seven hours. <laughs> and so we were just kind of stuck hanging out in Galaxy's Edge, which is beautiful. I mean, it looks like you're hanging out on, it's a planet called Batu, but it essentially looks like Jakku from Force Awakens. And the sets, the market, uh, the, the beat up old, old uh, vehicles, there's uh, the X-Wings are, are, are lying around. Kylo Ren's ship is there. At one point during the day, the, the stormtroopers come out with Kylo Ren from the ship and they do a whole thing on stage and then they walk into the crowd and interrogate people. That was truly immersive and amazing. Um, and so we killed the day hanging out there. We drank some blue milk. I've had both the cold blue milk with rum in it and the warm blue milk. The cold blue milk is the way to go. The warm blue milk I mean, is the one no that bueno. tastes like it came directly from the breast of an alien. Is not pleasing yeah, to that the palate. One, yeah, that one. The one they made. Yeah, no bueno. But the but the and they have blue milk. There there are also a lot of talk about Galaxy Quest gossip. There's a lot of subtle hints to me as a Last Jedi hater. That clearly people, no matter what like cool people say and critics say, people don't like that movie. You know why? They have Luke drink green milk in that movie, right? Mm -hmm. He's drinking green milk out of that thing. You can get both blue milk and green milk. I went to the blue milk stage and I said, w you know, which one should I get? And they were like, definitely blue. Nobody gets the green. <laughs> That's so funny. Because nobody Little... wants to watch the drink the milk that was used to humiliate Luke Skywalker. The other thing is that in the gift shops, they have tons of really cool park exclusive toys, action figures. Um, I brought uh, Becky's kids back, uh, bath toys. Really, really cool stuff. The only DVDs they sell or have left are a super special edition of The Last Jedi and Solo. And I asked every single store I went in if anybody has ever bought one of them. And not a single person who worked there could remember anyone ever purchasing <laughs> You're just like doing, you're just like haters inventory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and when we were online for The Rise of the Resistance, we were with this wonderful couple with a kid. And we talked a lot about Star Wars with them. And the husband was saying how much he 
loved The Last Jedi, and I, oh, you know, I had I had a friendly conversation with him. It wasn't like, like, and then and then I broke out into the first fist fight ever on the ride. No, we we talked a lot about, but I, I went through you know some of my details, like you know my 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 my, my issues that are long documented on our show, and then eventually there that we waited so long. Oh, because. It broke also when we were online, so we were sitting for an hour in this cave, and eventually he, his kid had to go to the bathroom, and they had to leave the ride, and Allie turns to me, and she goes, and we became really friendly with them, so Allie was like, wow, I feel so bad for them, and, and, and I was like, I don't, that guy liked The Last Jedi way too much, I really don't care if he ever gets to ride this ride, I'm not even <laughs> sure he deserves it. <laughs> and you said that they were handing out, like, free bananas, but did they not do anything else to, like, comp you guys? So, we all waited. They, they, so, so we're, yeah, like, how well, cheap, I was like, they should be giving out iPads, like, so they, how they, cheap is Disney? They had so we were trapped in this cave for an hour. They first brought out bananas, and I was like, "I'll pass on the bananas." Then they brought out cookies. Then they brought out a woman who was just a generic resistance, like rebel with blue hair and a and a um, and a, a pilot suit, like a orange pilot suit. She was supposed to kind of look like fake Sabine Wren. And then when we knew that that's there were issues because they brought out Chewbacca. They, like, brought him from wherever in the park people were paying to see Chewbacca. Code red, code red. We need a Chewbacca. Chewbacca (laughs) in the Rise of the Resistance cave. They brought Chewbacca in, and he hugged everybody and took pictures with everyone. That's good. Normally, do you have to pay for that stuff? At least twenty yeah. bucks. You have to. Pay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You generally have to pay, or or you or you can take a picture with him in the park at, at certain spots. But in general, you have to you have to pay like money to do the Chewbacca encounter, or maybe you have to pay. It's time. It's like an hour wait to meet Chewbacca. Instead, they brought okay. Chewbacca to us. All right, that's cute. So that was cool. So I would give the actual ride was un- unlike any ride I've ever been on. The like get your act together aspect of Disney there major. Um, the big meh I have, I have two mehs. One is the Uga's Cantina. It's supposed to be like the Star Wars bar, only we can only get a reservation at 7.40 in the morning. And... Hilarious. And the food... And you could buy... By the way, they let you I'm buy sorry, booze. sorry, this is... At 7.40 in the morning at Disney. This is, yes, because you need it for the experience. Well, we'd already been point. at the park for two hours at that point. Wait. Um, how is this possible on a Wednesday? I believe it was in it was January. Five degrees. At, at yeah, at zero Celsius for those two do Celsius who listen, thirty something Fahrenheit. How is that possible? What the hell was Christmas like? And and what are like what is an, a weekend like? I, I like don't you're know. telling me there's all these kids there. These kids just didn't go to school. They just took their kids there, out of school. I will to say go. there were also a lot of grown ups, but there were a lot of kids as well. So it's the Uga's Cantina, they give you some cool, like they put dry ice in the drinks and they fizzy bubble. Um, but the food there was truly like god awful. And then granted, there weren't a lot of options and you could probably know better. But like there was a cinnamon roll and there was a, uh, a overnight oats that was supposed to be like some sort of like Endorian dragon brew, whatever. But it was just overnight oats. And that's not like a bad thing per se. But the cinnamon roll really tastes like dog food. But we were so hungry because we've been up since 5.30 in the morning that we ate it. So they really were leaning into the alien cantina. Yeah. But there, like, there weren't there also there weren't enough characters in there. Like once you were in there, all the waiters were just dressed up like everyone else who's dressed up in that part of the right. park. So they had like a Star Wars outfit on. But there was no like... 
There was one animated... Make an effort if there's only one reservation at 7.40 in the morning. You expected a bit more I, of an effort. I, I expected, like, the walrus man from... Panda the walrus man from the right. Star Wars. Who's, like, I expected yeah. them to act out him getting his it, arm blown off. Arm chopped off. Yeah, his arm chopped off. Is this our topic of the day? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just Star Wars? Or are we talking about other... No, this, we have a this few is... other things, but okay. this was Shai's moment. I was just Here's my question. Were you? I just feel like it was very emotionally ambitious to combine this trip with Harry Potter, but you had never been to Harry Potter World, and I know you went. It's not like you're you're not like a Harry Potter. I'm not, but my wife loves it, and she's been to that world. She'd already been to the park by herself, though. And oh, that's 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 nice. That's hardcore. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's great. She had a great time by herself, but it's great that you made the effort. Were you like a bit upset, like, oh, I wish I could spend more time at Galaxy's Edge, or you were good? You're like, I'm ready to expand. No, I'd spend. I did. Everything there was to do at Galaxy's Edge. Like when we were killing time before the Rise of the Resistance, okay. I was running to the different photo. You know, they have those photographers that like take a picture and then you have to pay for the picture. I was just because right. we had I, paid so for the you day. You sent those. I saw that you did all yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, whatever, we're paying for it and we have all this time. So I, my job, I made it my mission to track down every single one of those photographers. Good and I'm still though. missing one and I'm going to get it. So then we went to Harry Potter World and I will just say there is so much joy. Like, I love doing things that make my wife super happy, not to, like, quote-unquote, make her happy, but because when she's super happy doing something, it makes me happy. And she loves Harry Potter, not as much as the way I love Star Wars, but pretty close. And it was just so fun being there with someone who loves Harry Potter that much. And we did the we did this ride there that was unbelievable, where you're, like, in Hogwarts and your dragon breathes on you and stuff. And I got to have butterbeer, which was the main reason why I came. And butterbeer, frozen butterbeer, was absolutely delicious. So it beat out frozen blue milk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Butterbeer was probably, like, the best gimmick food I ate what the whole time. What did it taste like? It's, like, really sweet and frothy. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure I love it. Okay, I like a milkshake. And I like the movie-themed... Like frozen melted Werther's. Yeah, yeah. I like, and I like the movie-themed parks in general. We went to this, we went to the Adventure Island side of... Universal, and that was just like a lot of fun. And we did the Hulk roller coaster, which was like awesome. And and it, it was I did that. That's wild. That the weirdest wild. thing we saw though was in the there was like a whole Sunday comics bunnies <laughs> section. I feel like that's outdated. Very dated. Oh no! Yeah. Everything, every, all of these parks, aside from the newest attraction, look super dated. Even the Hollywood Studios outside Galaxy's Edge, it all looks like it's from the '90s. Same thing with the Universal Park, but they had all these. Like cartoon funny, so there's like but a Dagwoods like, themed. We know what that is, but like kids today don't know what that I'm is. I'm sure they have no idea. I mean, maybe they know Popeye. Either way, there was a Kathy's ice cream, like Kathy, you know, the. And yeah, like the saddest comic of all time. Yeah. And the Kathy's ice cream restaurant was this like long, t- tall tower with Kathy just sitting on top of it, like, like in a, a very, brown very pile of ice on a like like this a pooey looking like, ice cream it's so weird sad. she's like the weirdest comic it was really strange but i liked it okay so that was galaxy's edge my buy my rent my man it was a truly a special experience thank you well, happy to my birthday wife. um now there is a show that we've all been watching and talking about a lot, and Becky and I are going to go see Janet perform live later today, You're the Worst, which now all three of us have finished, and I know it gets a big buy from me, but I thought since we all finished it, we could just talk about the end of that show a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's Lily, a show that like, I, would be, I, I, I watched 
the mumps at least gave me an opportunity to watch four and five in a row like I was watching a movie. So I watched it literally in the span of five days, seasons four and five. It is a show I would be cautious to, I love, I loved it and I would definitely buy it, but I would be cautious to, cautious to recommend it, which I think is kind of funny. Usually when I'm all in. It starts off no, in one place and then it really, it really kind of it, takes you down an unexpected serious path. It, it's more. It takes you down an unexpected drama. serious path. It's also extremely crude and disgusting and yes. violent in its very crudeness rude, very it's very raw in its um disgustingness at times and i i like that <laughs> so like i that's like a, an aspect of shows when it's done well it doesn't bother me but there were even times watching the show that i was like oof wow like you can't like that does not come off well to any to a lot of people maybe, and I think like it's, it makes sense that it's on FX that it was on FX. I feel like it was a really great channel for it to be on, um, but I would I would recommend it to anybody who loved catastrophe, but wanted something that is even a bit more out there extreme, uh, you know. I would say less. It's both more extreme than catastrophe, but it's also an overall happier show. Yes, when you it's, get, it's when less you realistic, I think, in many, many, many ways, oh, and no, it's takes jokes to like the ultimate extreme. Absurd, right? But the thing, but, but, the, but it's the same kind of feel, I but think. Serious topics like depression and like mental illness, self -medica medication, and they handle weirdly well and realistically, but within these extremely. Um, exaggerated characters and scenarios and things that are also highly unbelievable so it it, it, it kind of so of the core four characters mm -hmm. jimmy fisher shive overly um gretchen cutler edgar and Lindsay. who was your mvp in, I would say in the first half of the show, so there's five seasons, I would say the first half of the show for me, it's probably um, uh, Gretchen, Gretchen Cutler, played by Ag Cash. And then I would say in the, like, her character, like, blew my mind. The way she ate, the way the actress even mm -hmm. ate as this character. Mm -hmm. Like the way she would eat her meals and the things she would eat, like down to her, her wardrobe, the way she uh, would tap herself on the head, like when she forgot something like her idiosyncrasies, I found it like, I mean, she, I, I, it's hard for me if I were to meet her on the street, like to be able to separate her from this character. And then I would say in the second half, it's Lindsay who at the beginning kind of annoyed me, but in the second half, she's my MVP because I think she really blossoms into like a full complex character that is the most superficial and still pretty dumb of all four of them. But I feel like she, um, yeah, she, she brings it home, um, I think. For myself, I, it's Jimmy because I think he has the furthest to, to, to come like from, from season oh, one, that's really he, interesting. Has, he is the most evolving to do out of any. And of I think characters. he, yeah. And I think he actually so, evolves the most, right. I would so, say. Yeah. So, and, and I think because he has the hardest, the hardest hill to climb as far as becoming a, a more well-rounded human being and a better person, a better character, he really has the furthest to go. And it's the most difficult journey in a lot of ways because he's so selfish and demented. And I was really impressed with how they evolved the character and how he and how his, the the performance evolved. You know, to to show him once you know in these different stages 
of his evolution, like when he gets really serious about his work and you see his kind of his like uh, uncool side. Anyways, it's he was for like me when he's a nerd working yeah, in the in, in the yeah, store and no one can bother yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, and I think and then he, the way he needs to be able to understand understand um, Gretchen's mental illness and cope with it himself and you know so and he was the one that generally I liked the least throughout the show but still I find him my MVP because by the end of the fifth season they really they really he he has worked for your you, you have a, a heckler um, in Jimmy fashion you have, have a heckler we have a heckler <laughs> Okay, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go watch some Dory and uh, BRB. Oh uh, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> um, sometimes we just gotta roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I would say that to Becky's point, though, I I think Becky makes a good point about Jimmy being like an MVP or or someone who has to come the farthest in this journey. He, if you think about it, he's the only one that's really a bad friend. Because Lindsay's d- dumb as a brick, but a great friend to Gretchen. And Edgar has his problems, but he's a great friend to Jimmy. And even though Gretchen is a pretty terrible person, she's always a good friend to Lindsay. But Jimmy's just terrible to everyone. And so at the end, he actually becomes a good friend. Yeah, to me, my favorite character, my MVP, is going to be Gretchen Cutler. Also, I, I think the character is really interesting. I, I think Aya Cash's performance is out of this world. Jimmy... There were. I was always a little bit because he's not a good friend, and because he was right. such a narcissist, I always had a little bit of a hard time with him because of the, gr- basically of that group. He is the only one that I. I'm not sure I would have cared if he liked me or not. But like I would want Edgar to be my friend, and I would want Gretchen to be my friend, right. and I'd want Lindsay to be my friend. Him, I don't know. Although when you look at the way Edgar evolved. Edgar at the end is a much bigger jerk than where he started, but but that's something that was part of his own important evolution of his character. Um, so there's a lot of amazing side characters. There's Becca Barbara. There's Vern. There's Paul. Those are kind oh. of the three main ones. But there's also Sam and and the rest of his uh, rap crew. There's even the meth guy. Well, th- this the this guy um at the end of the and the second season. And Boone. the um. Boone and the the guy that ja- that's in Janet Barney's um, fortune rookie, the guy that plays the secretary at the oh yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that actor who I'll look up his name, but um, I would say for me it's a, it's rare that a show has such great side characters. I loved when Sam and like the the in, the music industry guys were in it. I loved when um, every time Vern and uh, Becca played by the amazing Janet Varney, uh, were on screen. And Paul was generally the worst, but um, I still enjoyed them beating him up uh, emotionally. So to me, it's Becca all the way. Like those were, I thought all the side characters were fantastic, but to me, Becca was the best. Truly, every time she was on screen, I found her I, so funny. I almost would have liked more and of her. And when she was, but you know, I thought that, but then I was like, they were really smart to do it in doses because then if she's in it more then you have to evolve her character more. And there's a lot of characters that are, that are evolving the whole time that are growing no, the whole time. Really and, and then you would lose her as the comedic balance. And she does a great job of like sort of being superficial in that way to, to have those funny moments. Cause otherwise the show is too serious when she's podcasting in that season five, when they, when they interview Gretchen, because 
I don't know what celebrity had to cancel or something. Oh, it's just so funny how his podcast is actually really famous. They interview Jimmy also. Yeah. And she does the red napkin. And she reads the reads the ad. Which is funny for someone who's such an accomplished podcaster to be sending up podcasting so well. But those scenes I would watch like a mini web series. She's so funny. Yeah. Of Vernon down the house. I would watch I would watch a that was the name of the podcast. I would watch a mini video web series of them interviewing people. It's just the two of them as Vernon and Becca. And when when Vernon's just like, Oh, who's so annoying, like last time when Janine Garofalo like refused (laughs) to do an ad or something. I don't whatever it was. She refused to participate in the ad. <laughs> like, it would be amazing if we could get Janine Garofalo on our podcast. So who was your most improved so character funny. overall? Who at the who at the first were you, like, either eh about, or who who came the farthest Jimmy. for you? For you, it's Jimmy? Jimmy. I mean, and Lindsay. But Lindsay, oh, Lindsay, Lindsay goes so... always great. Because she goes to some really weird, gross places. Oh, my goodness. The Sunday <laughs> yeah. fun day where they go to the horror thing is one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever seen. I, um, for me, the most improved character is probably Paul in the sense that he, they made him so unlikable at times. Uh, although Vernon is another one, but Vernon improves so quickly. Like at first you're like, who is this guy? And then he becomes an immediate fan favorite. Paul, I think the fact that they brought him to be like a good person who was, I would say strong, but not the crazy men's rights activist version of himself, I think was a very great improvement and made me like that character a lot more. Well, one of my favorite aspects of the show is the bit where Vernon believes he is best friends with Jimmy. (laughs) <laughs> Which explains why Jimmy but, keeps getting invited to all of these things that have of his like ex girlfriend. But it all. But then you know are. what? In the end, when he has you know spoiler spoiler when he has the falling out with Edgar, at the end that's the next person that that's he his goes other to. Friend. His friend. And they it's his other friend. friend. They are friends, but it's this bit ongoing where Vernon just keeps calling him his best friend, and you're like, what is this? Yeah. But it's great. It's yeah. Great. My my favorite side side character particularly when they did the Lou Diamond Phillips plot line was definitely Becca Barbara played by Janet but the the most improved for me was Paul with Vern ah it's a tough one but yeah I'll go with Paul still okay let's talk about so in the end high recommendation from all of us it's an intense show not for everybody but it's not it's, for the faint of heart not for the faint of heart but it's awesome all right let's that's true let's talk more generally Rex and shout outs um I have a bunch. Do either of you want to go first, though? Uh, Rack, I just watched Sex Education Season 2. I think the first season is still so, so, so strong that it's almost hard to to watch, to watch the, con- the story continue, but they tackled new issues in it that I thought they did so intelligently, so creatively. Um, there are, you know, really kind of rounding out or not rounding out expanding these stories of of orientation and gender and experience and you know issues of assault and it it was so well done the inclusion I loved it. Of, of new storylines um so I was very impressed with that and it left me in a place by the end of the season where I'm excited to see where these characters go in season three I would, I would say probably like the first two-thirds of the season, I was like, I'm not super interested in where these characters are going. And then that last third of the season, I got really excited. I was 
enthralled for minute one. I love that show. I thought I think the acting is fantastic. The writing is fantastic, and uh, it was really funny. I I think that they did a great, great job of taking side characters that could have been forgotten, who were actually interesting and unique, um, like Jackson's character. And building that out further, the, the yeah. kids that deal with horrible pressure for performing in high school and performing for their parents and um, their own identity. And right. they tease that out by bringing in a new character who's different from every other person. There's such diversity on that show. Right. And then they added in a new character that's phenomenally they, different they from everybody else. Of, they added a lot of new characters. Right. And they added a character who has a disability, which is a, a, also something that's important for representation and really interesting character um, who's quite layered and so to me I thought they knocked it out of the park and I uh, highly recommend that's great so I have, I have been... others but go I ahead keep going what else On you here? got no no I've... well the other, the other ones that Becky recommended to me was um, cheer which is because I was like what else can I watch I'm so sick um, I, I was very busy with your other words cheer I haven't seen I haven't finished it um, it's it's good yeah I would say it's like not, you know, people are like, it's the doc. it's like, bring it on, but the documentary, um, it's, I mean, it's a documentary, so it's not as like funny as bring it on, <laughs> but, um, I think it's fascinating and, um, definitely worth watching so far. It's, it's really interesting. And the athleticism alone is incredible to, to watch. Plus the, the, the characters, like there are characters in a documentary, right? Like the different characters that they follow are, are so far really interesting. I recommend and then Jonathan Brampton last week recommended Dairy Girls and I started watching that and I actually think Becky you'll find it very funny um so I'm enjoying that it's it's maybe a bit more niche for people like I'm not sure it's a show for shy but um I think it's very well written so far so right. that's fine very cool so I have a bunch I start with an I told you show to Tony from the Take Two podcast. Wow, we talked about those guys a lot today. Um, uh, but, you know, they're awesome. But Tony, this to episode was brought to you by Take Two. Um, Tony recommended to me very strongly, he recommended The Watchmen on HBO. And that show was a fantastic achievement. I can't, I can't believe, I mean, I like the movie. It's not really a sequel to the movie, although you could kind of pretend it is in your mind, but it's more of a direct sequel to the comic book, um, which is only slightly different than the movie, but the slight differences kind of matter. Can you help us out to like what, what I, I've seen the movie, I blocked it out because it was the worst movie I ever saw. What would it's, you need to know going into the show? No, they, explain, watch they the explain to you basically everything that you would need to know. I mean, the main thing you need so to you know just go in Dr. Manhattan is on another planet because of this big uh, event that happened where he saved the world but because everyone was sort of afraid of him he leaves and he goes to live on Mars and all of that was orchestrated by Adrian Veidt Ozymandias but those characters are it's it's really not so much about it's not that storyline again it's a much deeper story about the projecting this alternative future again another 20-30 years um, and specifically focused on Tulsa, Oklahoma it has a lot about race a lot about police and um, uh, in general like law enforcement and law and order and um, 
and uh, sort of morality. A- anyways, it's it's very cool. It was a lot more like the TV show Fringe than it was anything like the movie Watchmen. So I think if you liked Fringe, this is a very good show. I, I think I, I have no problem recommending it. I thought it was really creative and really interesting. And the acting, Regina King, off the charts, absolutely incredible. And uh, Jeremy Irons is in it as well, and he's fantastic. So thumbs up. Love I told him. you show. You, you guys are geniuses, the Take-Two guys. I watched Knives Out. Even I got over my Ryan Johnson annoyance just enough that Allie and I watched Knives Out together. And that movie was fine. Like, to me, it was, like, a good mystery movie. It was slightly better than the Adam Sandler murder mystery, but not that much better. <laughs> to me, nothing about that movie, which was totally good, believes it deserves the accolades it's gotten, which is clearly the critics who are continuing to validate their own over-sucking up to Ryan Johnson over The Last Jedi by now making it seem like every movie he makes is a genius. And clearly it was, like, J.J. Well, Abrams' fault my, and not Ryan my, Johnson. My whole thing with it, with Knives Out, is that it's a super fun movie. People are making a really big deal that Daniel Craig had some sort of incredible performance. And I'm like, yeah, He no, just Dan- does like a funny accent. That's what I was like. Daniel Craig's a great actor, so he's obviously good in it. But what we're all freaking out about is that he just did like a southern He was basically accent. southern Inspector Clouseau. Like, why is that? That doesn't make But he he was southern in um, Logan Lucky. And right. He was amazing he's in that. Really fun. Yeah. Logan Lucky like is, a, in my view, Logan Lucky is a much better movie than this movie. I love that movie so much. It's one of the few movies I've seen twice. Yeah, that movie. <laughs> I know I don't watch um, movies twice. I started the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, reboot, which I would say was is really fun for someone who loves the Kevin Smith world. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but that's fine. It's 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 fun. It's a nice other chapter oh, and, and all uh, that. Last night we watched Zombieland. Double yeah, I have, I have more things on my list. Though. Oh well, but I'm gonna. I okay, only go for one it. thing, and all I want to say is it delivers on its promise. It's yeah. what it should be, and if that's what you're looking to watch you will enjoy it and if that's not what you're looking to watch don't watch it yeah but Zombieland's <laughs> <you're> right <laughs> exactly totally good and Zoe Deutsch watch. the daughter of Leah Thompson who is also in the um, we know the politician she I know. steals the show in yeah, that movie she's phenomenal she's fantastic and so that movie's a lot of fun um, Pokemon Det- I watched a lot I watched with the kids our Friday night movie was Pokemon Detective oh, Pikachu you know, it, I didn't really understand what the hell was going on in that movie. I mean, people are like, I don't understand what's happening in Cats. I don't understand a single thing that happened in the Pokemon world. You had to know at least, if not more, about Pokemon than you have to know about Cats to understand how Pokemon works. Uh, but Ryan Reynolds is really Ryan Reynolds is really funny, and the actor who play, Chris Gear, the actor who plays Jimmy Shive Overly from You're the Worst, is in it. So <laughs> I feel like that's a bonus. Uh, then, because I've been using Letterboxd, everyone should follow us on Letterboxd, uh, I, um, I had now am much more aware of my what-to-watch list, like the movies I've always wanted to see, and I found on Amazon Prime that this movie, Battle Beyond the Stars, which Mom and Dad told me about, which is this like really campy sci-fi remake of The Magnificent Seven starring George Pappard, um, it's a truly terrible movie. I don't think anyone should watch it. I, I had to force myself to get through it, but I'm glad I saw it because it's one of those things that I always wanted. And I'm in the middle of watching Dr. Strangelove, which is, like, obviously genius and amazing. And it is genius. And, uh, that's I, hilarious. I'm really digging Good, it. But that's really cool that you're going through that list. Yeah. So it's, it's been really fun. Um, uh, Becky, where can people follow you? On Twitter at PaperBKPrincess. And also on Letterboxd at the same handle. That's right. Lil? I was going to say same for me, but 
that doesn't wouldn't make sense. I mean, same as in Twitter and uh, Letterbox, but my handle would be Chichi C H I C H I K Gomez. That's it. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Chi Gomez. And you can follow me at. on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd at Pancake Four Table. That's Pancake and the number four table. I just put up my top ten animated movies of all time on Letterboxd, if anyone's interested in that. Um, very, very high ranking for the Robin Hood with the Foxes that Disney made. You can follow uh-huh. all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Fry Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviePod.com. And our theme music is by What Does It Eat? And it is going to kick in now. And we will dance our way into the afternoon or evening. And I love you guys. Love you. Bye. That's a really funny video, though, especially when Becky, when you messed up the New York thing. <laughs> oh, like, Becky hasn't seen it yet because she's told me not to put that in. So, oh, no, it's definitely like... in. And uh, Shelly's comment on the video is hilarious when she just quotes Becky at the end. <laughs> it made me want to eat lox so bad. <laughs> He's like, it's made in California. It says Port Jervis. <laughs> If you see how I edit it, but and she's like, cut that out. You're gonna cut that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> the the thing with first of all the the amount of videos I that you, you sent, yeah, with the. With the things, and she kept getting all the villains. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> so funny. She even got the villain from Ratatouille. Yeah, exactly. No one even knows that guy's name. <laughs> so funny. She just kept being like, I want Dory. You think it's because she's like bald, and that's why they're just like bald villain? Maybe. But when you got Pumba, uh, I was watching it with Ari, he got so excited that you got Pumba. He, when I did it with him, he, he just really wanted Timon, and he just kept getting Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, because of his hairdo. And his fa- it's his favorite movie. Do you know who I got? Who'd you get? Mine is the best. I, I knock all of you out of the park with mine. Gus, the chubby mouse from Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> and whose shirt doesn't fit? Gus Gus. That's what I got. No one's ever gotten him but me. <laughs> like, she looks overweight. Becky's not listening now, and she's super angry that she doesn't know what I'm laughing at. I sent it to Becky immediately. I'm going to send you a picture. I was like, how did I get the, this mouse? Who the hell is this mouse? And I was like, oh, my God, that's Gus Gus. He's so fat. His shirt doesn't fit. I've, I've never seen anybody get that one. <laughs> It's really funny. I'm sending it to you.
Um, uh, it, was, it was hilarious. And then I went on like a dive of videos of Gus Gus from Disney.